Hi, I'm Kelly Rowlett Presgrave. I'm president and CEO of Work With Your Hands, and we are so proud to be a sponsor of Power Women of the Trades podcast. You can reach us at workwithyourhands.com. Kelly at workwithyourhands.com is my email. Chirp is the ultimate automation toolbox for home service businesses. Chirp helps you capture more leads, connect faster, close more deals, and create customers that will buy from you over and over again. Using text message, email, and ringless voicemail automation, with Chirp, you can maintain perfect follow-up throughout the entire customer journey. Learn more about how to transform your customer experience on chirp.com today. C-H-I-I-R-P. Welcome to Power Women of the Trades podcast. This show is all about breaking barriers and changing the game. Our guests will feature some of today's most successful female entrepreneurs and other advocates of our industry as well. Because if there's one thing we know for sure, female-led entrepreneurship drives change on multiple levels. We want to empower women in the trade industry like you so you can maximize your potential, stay balanced, achieve long-term success, and claim ownership over your life. Let's get started. Welcome to part one of this episode featuring our guest, Lauren Vahey. Lauren is the Director of Finance and Human Resources at the Portland Group, but she wasn't always. She actually used to be a retail manager who climbed her way up to CSR all the way to the trades executive position to where she is today. Please stay tuned and we hope you'll enjoy it just as much as we did. Have you always lived in Boston and grew up yeah. there? Yep. Okay. Yep. So how'd you get into the trades then? Uh, fully by accident and out <laughs> of total burnout from my last job. So <laughs> I was, my background and what I was going to school for was actually dance. So I danced growing up competitively, <laughs> ballet. I went to college and was majoring in dance and ended up leaving school, but got a job for, um, after I had a couple kids, I got a job with my sister who was working at a dance retail store, you know, point shoes and leotards and, and all of that and worked my way up to a management position there. That company actually got bought out by a major dance brand. And I got transferred to one of the other locations that on a good day with no traffic was 45 minutes, but on a regular work day was two hours just because of the route that it was. So I had little kids at home. I was spending two hours driving to work. Then I was on my feet all day dealing with dance moms. Like that show is not a lie. (laughs) And then driving home and um, sitting in traffic for another two hours and then doing, you know, homework and dinner and bath time and bedtime. And it was just this endless cycle of lather, rinse, repeat of nothing fulfilling. When- I found it hard to manage a team of women, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. And so when I felt like I needed a little bit more work-life balance and didn't want to be taking work home with me so much as the manager, because, you know, the alarm goes off on a Saturday and I'm the one driving up there to figure out what's going on. Or, you know, someone in high school calls out and I'm the one that has to go fill the shift. So Mm -hmm. I just decided I need less. I need Mm -hmm. to clock in, do a good job, clock out and not think about work until the next day. Mm -hmm. So I started applying for any customer service 
entry-level job that I could find closer to home. I applied at a, a handful of places, but one of them was a plumbing and HVAC company that was, I don't know, 15 minutes from my house. And I got a call back and they said, we are really interested. They had me doing a little bit of the marketing stuff too, to, to boost it. And I feel like I'll never leave now. Yeah. It's like this weird addiction that you can't shake <laughs> once you're in it. But if you had told 16 year old me mm-hmm. or 20 year old me that I would be in a blue collar industry, mm-hmm. I would not believe you. I right. thought working with and around men would make my life so much easier. And man, some days I wish miss that dance store a lot. Right? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> when hey. is the last time you did a fuete? Oh, gosh, it's been it's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> Are you surprised I know that? Yeah, actually. I have no clue what that is. Were you is. expecting, do you know what that is? Okay. Uh, no, not oh. a clue. I'm well, Lauren does. Okay. And she's going to give you a demo <laughs> later of what that is. I can relate to you on dance moms because I, I deal with cheer moms on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, my daughter cheers. And, and it's, it's the same. Yeah. And it's like, it's just youth sports and youth things just will, it's just so much. It's so, there's a lot of things it that can relate the worst to like people the people I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what do you do for the company now? As of January, I have a new job. So I, I helped the uh, plumbing and HVAC company grow and we ultimately sold it in April of 2022. So mm. it's been about a year and a half. I stayed there through the transition for probably eight months and then came to the job I have now. I'm on the distributor side now. So I'm the director of finance and human resources at a plumbing and HVAC materials and equipment distributor that has 13 locations across uh, five New England states. Awesome. It's wow. crazy. Like, it's funny to me how I, didn't know that. I can relate to what you said when you said 16 year old me or 20 year old me would never have seen myself in the trades. And then now it's like you got into that entry level customer service position and you were able to build yourself a career from there because now you're not even in that company anymore, but still in the trade. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm totally hooked. I mean, I, it definitely showed me that it wasn't, it wasn't leadership or management that was burning me out. It was the particular organization and situation Mm -hmm. I was in at the time. And I was in a completely different environment when I was working at the contracting business and was so empowered to be creative and Mm -hmm. to set boundaries and to to do all the things that you know in in fairness when I was at the dance store I I was much younger there was Mm -hmm. less I had done less focus that whole like the 30s or the new 20s or whatever Mm -hmm. I just feel myself now and I think that plays a role in how I view my jobs and how I how I kind of go about my days Um, I don't know if you guys agree with that if you just feel yeah, a little bit less like you're wearing your shoulders as headphones yeah. all the time, and it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, and sometimes, I'm less apologetic about it. Well, and sometimes you I need like, like a change because everything that you think that, or you know, you were in dance for your entire life, and that's all you thought you knew. And so now mm-hmm. you, when you became empowered, when you realized you could do something else. And I think sometimes that's why we're all so successful in the trade because we never expected to get in it. And then we feel empowered that we're capable of doing it. And then we do it and, and, and bringing more people into it, but it was just so much different than what we expected. You know, totally. I, I mean, that's imposter syndrome in a nutshell, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't belong here. Who the hell decided I 
was qualified for this. Mm -hmm. But then you're like, wait a second, there's no evidence saying I'm not qualified for this. I'm getting Mm -hmm. my work done. I'm doing a good job. People have positive feedback. So why am I why am I telling myself something I wouldn't tell my friend? Why am I filling my own head with advice that you know, that I wouldn't give to somebody that I care about. So why do you think you were so surprised to find your place in the trades? Um, I think it's probably, it stems a lot from the stereotypical perception of what the blue collar life is like. I mean, I think one thing that's contributing to the shortage of people, never mind qualified people, technicians, whatever, mm-hmm. is there's, you can't really see a, a big, fancy, rewarding career. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about a plumber, you don't think about a business owner, you think about a guy replacing a toilet. Or when mm-hmm. you think about an HVAC technician, you don't think about a business owner. We can all name the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musk of the world. But if you ask the average person to name a successful HVAC, plumbing, electrical, whatever business owner, or even nobody's going to be able to. So but then think about like the people, like <clears throat> how many times have we heard people like career counselors in high school say, if you don't do this, then you're going to end up being right. a plumber. It's like, bro, sure. pl- my plumbers are making some money. You know, my HVAC techs are making some money. We have some in our space. <clears throat> it's not even the just the business owner piece. There are some amazing people who are in the trade that I can just think of off the top of my head that or will be techs or um, or master plumbers in the field because that that's what what motivates them and amps them up, and they are extremely successful. Um, mm-hmm. Like Brent Buckley, I think about him. I think now he is an owner, but he had so many years of success in like making so much money selling in in the Vegas market, and he was like the epitome of what everyone said HVAC techs could couldn't be you know it's like he have you seen the cars he has you know what I mean the the things that he was able to do and it's just like he was he was I think they called him like the 15 million dollar man or something I'm Mm. quoting something wrong but he he's like an amazing salesperson but did he I I just wonder we're gonna have to have him on and ask him but like did he ever expect to do that I'm really intrigued about this now you know but it's like no one they always expected plumbers. You're just going to be a plumber. It's like, okay, you kind of need plumbers. So why is it just a plumber? You know what I mean? Why weren't we putting them yeah. on the same level as like engineers? In, in and some to of your things? point, like there's there's a so many people making rewarding careers for themselves as the quote unquote technician in the truck, going to the house or going to mm-hmm. the job site. And they're making decent money. There was nothing that made me more proud at the Mm -hmm. contracting business of seeing a 24-year-old person buy a house. Oh, yeah. Because they don't have the student debt. They don't have, you know, it's like the the cheat sheet. It's the fast pass to the front of the line. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, but but I don't think we do a really good job promoting ourselves outside of the industry. There's plenty of Facebook groups of, for of the business industry. owners in this industry talking to each other about how successful they are. And sometimes it's like, ew, I, I get it. You're very cool. Right. But we don't see it. I don't see it mm-hmm. on my regular feed. I don't yeah. see people bragging. About, and I know plenty of people, you know, I'm not just seeing this activity from people in the groups, but I I. I don't see people building themselves up or each other up outside of the Facebook. Groups. I think it's like a culture that you have to that 
owners need to put inside of their company that their employees are proud to be in the positions that they're in. So then mm -hmm. they're talking about it and then they're organically recruiting people to become plumbers and HVAC technicians because they're proud of who they are. But first, I don't long, know if you guys have this where you are either, but like, I, I almost feel like there's a big fear from an ownership or a leadership standpoint of not wanting to let your staff like in on it too much because then what you're doing is you're growing competition, right? Your best yeah. tech leaves you, mm -hmm. starts their own company. We've had and now that not happen only you... in the past mm -hmm. six months. We've had some of our best techs leave and start their own thing. And at first it was, you feel Brent takes Brent probably takes it more personally than me sure. because he feels like he grew them up. And I'm like, babe, that's, I know in the moment it doesn't feel this way, but this is the most sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. And it's also like you, the, inspired you want your that. own kids yes. to grow and succeed into great things. But for some reason, when, when it's your employee, mm -hmm. you almost gatekeep how successful or how great it could really be. Because you're, I mean, it, the labor market is tricky in mm -hmm. every state. I mean, Massachusetts, uh -huh. it's really tricky with licensing. So the, the amount of people that are out there that are able to do the work legally, mm -hmm. never mind have good customer service or are organized or, you know, any of those other things is really hard. But when you start to cut people off at the knees out of your own fear, mm -hmm. I think is why we're not seeing more of the promotion of the trades. Because if we go out there and we say, you can own a business. You can make this much money. You can have all of these perks. You can blah, blah, blah. Now you're encouraging people to leave your company. So I, I can understand where it's coming from, but I think that's that's where the industry overall can shift a little bit and encourage our staff and our teams to succeed the way that we would encourage our own children or our friends mm -hmm. or anything else. Most businesses' online presence is boring. And by being boring, they're losing out on potential sales and customers. Being interesting and exciting is what draws customers in and gets them to buy from you. But it's hard to be interesting online when you're focused on running your business and taking care of your customers. It doesn't have to be this way. We have the key to unlocking the solution to your problem. Key Heart Marketing can help take your business from boring to brilliant on social media. We can vouch for them. They run our podcast socials. If you want to have a strong social media presence that allows customers to know, like, and trust you, connect with Key Heart Marketing at keyheartmarketing.com. So it's, just, think, it's interesting to me. I, I don't have the hardest, answer. I'm just as guilty. It is of, an interesting dynamic it, because, but. like, we deal with this a lot. And one of the things I tell Brent is, I think you've made this look really easy to these mm. people, and they really have no idea until they see their name on a lawsuit how, how hard it is. How hard this really is, and it's not your place to tell them. It's like, okay. I think that's where I've always messed up is I, I previously would be the same way where it's like, the, I don't want people to leave us to go be yeah. our com competition. And it's like, if you're mm -hmm. going and trying to provide the same level of yeah. customer experience than we are, then you're really helping me. But the problem is, is that I want to, I, 
it seems that it's one way, but for me, it's the opposite of I want to protect them yeah. because of how hard it is. Yeah, that's hard mm-hmm. too. And it's like, I'm not trying to shoot anyone's dream yeah. down. I'm just telling you that this stuff is hard. You know, like when you, for example, in our life right now, we had an amazing August. We had, mm-hmm. we were up like 30%. We had an amazing August. In September, we have barely cleared like, a quarter of the revenue that we did in August. What? You know? So you come off of a month like that. And, and so people, our technicians only see the, they see it as like, Oh, we were so busy or whatever. And immediately it's like, well, something's happening and it's their fault or it's their whatever. And they don't realize, you know, the call center is like outbounding like crazy and doing all these things. Right. Or they, they do, but that quickly, it's like you get checked real quick that you're responsible for 55 people's paycheck and their kids. And I see their kids faces and I see that. And that's for me. So I never want to shoot anyone's ability to do it down. It's that I don't want to see you lose everything that you've built because it, yeah. we've almost lost it all so many times. And but I, I mean, think it's one, one thing it- that this industry is really good at is making sure that you never get too comfortable. Just mm-hmm. when you think yeah. you've figured yep. it all out and you have the right oh, team and real. you have the right processes, every the rug gets pulled out from under you and you're mm-hmm. like, well, yep. I don't know if I'm making payroll this week, you know, and it's, I think yes. there's, there's Living on the edge. Where- Living on the yeah. edge. And it, well, you know, yeah. with the economy and this, it's just like, there's so many things that again and i think that often people who have left us to go run their own companies or do whatever in the beginning i think they probably thought oh they they don't want me to succeed and whatever nothing about me like frustrating or not oscar and i are never going to wish for someone to not do good my biggest wish is that you make it for your kids or for whatever you're doing it for because that phone doesn't always ring and the economy changes and the credit approvals change and and we go from you know over well over a million dollars in revenue in one month and the next month not sure if you're going to clear even half of what you did and it's crazy and it's bipolar <laughs> and you're just like sure. well, and it's like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face so yep. you've got to yeah. be able to to take it take one on the chin and i but all of those things are just learning curves they are and i you know, we've made some serious operational changes since um, July and we've had some people leave and it's, you know, it gets easier than it was in the beginning. But it's mm. always like if this is what they think is the best thing for them, mm-hmm. then I want them to then have it. I have to put it. my feelings aside. If they think it's best, like I wish them the best because but I, I want them to live out their purpose. Someone somewhere is going to listen to this and be like, that is not how Cassie was whenever I left or whatever. And <laughs> And I want you to know you and are We want right. you to comment on this video when that no, happens. No, I want you to know you're right. And But Leslie is the same way. Like when someone's left or done this and she, and, but we have to, we have to process it almost like yeah. a death in some ways, because yeah. it's like, there's such a change there and you're processing that emotional connection to that employee. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's like someone, we don't call our, our, our team, our employees probably call each other family, but Oscar and I don't call our team family anymore. Mm. It's like, mm. you're just a part of our, not just a part, you're a part of our team, but you don't have to have this loyalty of family to us like forever. But yeah. at the end of the day, there still is an emotional connection mm-hmm. to you 
as a human being. And if you don't understand that sadness when people leave sometimes, then you aren't understanding people because that's what well, it is God for us. God forbid that you... <clears throat> that your heart gets so hard that it doesn't affect you anymore. Right. And those you know, are the you don't people you be, don't want to work for. You don't want to be there either as an owner. And there's that constant line you have to balance of, please keep me soft enough to love people, but keep mm -hmm. me hard enough to know when it's time for them mm -hmm. to go. And I am not the girl for that job. That I it's can't. Really hard. I cannot do it. And I have learned I've had to put, you know, well, I do it with Brent and he sees it differently, but we've had to put an extra person in that space because I absorb all of that emotion of those around me. And for someone like me, it can be super overwhelming and I can't be objective about the business. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's what's tricky, right? Is that in our businesses, especially in leadership and ownership positions, we are so invested and passionate about our individual business, about our mission, about our impact on the community, about the level of service that we're providing. But we're all just a group of human beings mm -hmm. that get a paycheck from the same place at the end of the mm -hmm. day. And if you don't hold space for the fact that all of your employees are on their own individual path, mm -hmm. I mean, Speaking for myself, I didn't have, I had a job at the dance store, but I have a career now mm -hmm. in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure it hurt the people at the dance store yeah. when I up and quit and yeah. left them without a manager, right? And like, like Cassie, I know you went to school for like to be a dental hygienist or a mm -hmm. dental assistant, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not doing that anymore. Right. So right. we've all had a path. We've all had jobs until mm -hmm. we find our career. Mm -hmm. God willing, we find a career, right? What a blessing that is. Yeah. But if you look at every employee that comes through your door with the expectation that you are their career, you are setting yourself up, up for, for failure. And that's so all you can that's... do is be a good leader, mm -hmm. make a connection with them on a human level that you are invested in their mm -hmm. journey, mm -hmm. as cliche of a word as that is, no matter where you are in their journey. That's how you build mentorship. That's yeah. how they look back on you and say, you know, I didn't end up staying at champion or at quality, but what I learned there got me to here. I and if you can that. bring that back around, I feel like that's what yes, that's what takes the sting out a little bit. Well, and, and I think you're speaking truth because so many times, especially in our groups and industry, it's like if you're not talking about how this employee can be with you for the rest of your life, you have a terrible culture. And that is just not realistic. Or I cannot it's stand. Not realistic. No, but there's definitely a mentality that we have to like, well, and roll I out the like red the, carpet every day so people can be yes. happy or you are a terrible boss. Or you're terrible. I don't like, I think the other thing is, is the, the, the meme and the comments and the everyone saying people don't quit um, companies, they quit yeah. bosses. I don't think that's a fair statement anymore. Honestly, I don't think it is. Either. I don't think either. it is. And I think that's why people get so emotional and, and it's just like, but I did everything for you because someone told mm -hmm. me that you're quitting me, not my company. Right. And mm -hmm. the thing is, is that sometimes you that. you're not quitting. It could both. be both. You're just it's furthering both. your company. You're just furthering your career because my company wasn't ready to serve you in that way mm -hmm. yet. Right. And that's freaking fine. And it could fun. be something so logistical, right? Like yes. I'm in this industry now because I quit my commute. I didn't yeah. quit my manager. Mm -hmm. I loved my manager. Right. I loved what I was right. doing. I knew what I was doing. I was knowledgeable. I was confident. It was my wheelhouse, but I couldn't do it anymore. And right. so I quit my commute. 
Right. That's, that's all it was. Right. But then if I look at everyone on my team and I go, oh, my God, what do you mean you're giving notice? What did I do? And you take yeah. it so personally. Amen. First of all, it takes the wind out of their sails. And it's yeah. like, what a narcissist you are to think that this is about mm-hmm. you. This is actually about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you're not doing anyone any favors by putting the shame around what it means to quit a job. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the people that I listen to most regularly, Glennon Doyle, who wrote the book Untamed, talks about, she has a whole episode, actually probably more than one because she's so passionate about it, but of the power of quitting, you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we set ourselves on fire to keep other people warm, Ooh, and that yeah. doesn't do mm-hmm. anybody any favors, least of which yourself. So sometimes self-care looks like quitting. This, this whole is like, like never give up, never yeah. give in. It's mm-hmm. like, for, for what? For right. why? Well, and I think this is like, so again, someone somewhere is going to watch this and be like, Cassie's such a hypocrite. But I like truly mean when I say like, I have come so far as a leader in the past six to 12 months from yeah. losing people because mm-hmm. of how improperly Primetime. I handled it. Like, because mm-hmm. of how I handled it so improperly that I had to step back and be like, girl, you dumb ass. Why did you act <laughs> like that? Why did you do this? They don't it's owe you forever. Because it's your baby. Because you it's my me, baby. Yeah. You know, and, and that's true. But when I look back, I'm like embarrassed that I handled it that way. And so the only way for me to be better in the next person that is moving on is that I chose to seek advice on how to handle it from there but the biggest thing that I've learned in these these six to 12 months through these and and when you have like 55 60 people that work for you people are gonna come and go you're never gonna expect them all to stay but when I but we grew from a company of three to four to seven to ten and those people Mm -hmm. stayed for so long that I expected that forever Mm. and sometimes they're just going to go and that's fine. But I, no one taught me how to accept that because everyone on right. Facebook Nobody said, talks about it. everyone said, Oh, they're quitting you. And so it was like, I had this wall built up of like, I'm trying so hard. Though. Like what else can I do? Yeah, And so it's you're right. It, about it, it made us. it about us. And so I took, I went and I got that advice and I was like, what am I doing wrong? And they're like, you're taking it so personal. You're not doing anything. You're not wrong. doing anything. You're just got to remember people are people. And so I, I think as leaders, you have to remind yourself that quit listening to the outside. People do sometimes quit just because there was a better chance or better opportunity right now for them. And that doesn't mean that your company wasn't a good opportunity. Your company served them and helped them grow. What a blessing it is that they get to further themselves. Mm -hmm. And I did not believe I'm telling you right now, I did not believe that. You know, I literally was like, but look at the growth in your statement that you're able to acknowledge that today, that whatever happened six months or 12 months ago that you're like, man, I did that wrong. But and you can say that Mm -hmm. and that there's an acknowledgement. So you didn't stay. You Mm -hmm. reframed that. Yeah. And that's a difference between a manager and a leader, right? Like a leader can look at their team, never mind themselves in the mirror and go, well, I definitely could have done that better. Yeah. But People want to be with people that they can relate to. Nobody can relate to the person that gets it right all the time because nobody gets it right all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you project this image that you have everything together and you always have the answer and you never have a concern about your business, about your family, about whatever, people look at you like, I I don't, this is unattainable. I can't, we, I can't connect with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the best things I did in my parenting of my kids 
was when I'm having a bad day or I wake up in a mood. I'm like, guys, I just, I'm like, I got to check out today. I love you, but we're not, we're not going to the trampoline park. We're just hanging out or I'm sorry that I snapped at you. Yes. There's no excuse for it. Shouldn't have happened. I'm sorry. I'm just, just I'm figuring it out too. Have a time out. But then I bet you see your people. Well, and then I bet you see them apologizing too when they fell off. I'm the same Hands way. down because they feel safe to do it. And they've right. seen you do it. And that's huge. Just self-awareness and acknowledging it. You know, they, I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure some ad- advice somewhere I got was, Make sure you apologize to your kids because then they're going to know that they can do that later. And it t- it's mm-hmm. t- totally true. Yeah. It's crazy. I love this perspective from you, though, because mm-hmm. you weren't an owner. And so and, and and I like you're able to give like the feedback that sometimes, you know, we've had a lot of feedback on this podcast of who we interview and who we don't interview and all this and that and what's it we've got so much content that's stacked waiting to air and everyone's got an opinion on we should have had more people in the fields already or whatever right but at the end of the day we're just trying to share the stories from everybody and your story matters and is helpful to me as an owner right now because I can see your perspective I know Leslie and then I'm I'm just thinking about the other people listening that's able to hear that entire perspective, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know that I can properly get my thought out, but it's, I just think that's I mean, really it, helpful. it was definitely helpful to be hired by the company I was hired for. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of companies out there that, you know, you hear anecdotal stories through people when you meet them at conferences or through the Lady Titans group, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But oh, yeah, we need to talk about Lady We got 10 minutes left. We need to talk about Lady Titans. We haven't even yeah. made it there yet. I, I, I feel like there there is such an opportunity to empower people. I mean, I started as a CSR at that company, but grew into the director of operations. Uh-huh. And so did I feel an ownership stake as a CSR? No. Am I someone who takes pride in my work? Yeah. So, you know, as you grow into these different things and you continue to internalize more and more of the place that you work and you find yourself in a true career, that's where it comes from. But you don't have to be listed on the company registration with your state to have ownership Mm -hmm. stake in in your business. If you have ownership stake in yourself and your own contributions, naturally, that will come out in the business. And that's the kind of team you know, you look for those key players yeah. and, and the people that you really want to invest in that have that little entrepreneurial mindset, whether they own the business or that or not, those are the people mm-hmm. that are going to treat it like their own. But you yeah. can't expect everyone to do that. Exactly. Ask any contractor. Tracking KPIs like close rate and ticket size has always been a challenge. Improving KPIs is even harder. But contractors on Service Titan tell a different story. This is Dale Jackson of Jackson Services. Service Titan gives me the metrics to know the performance of every individual in my company. That kind of information is invaluable to me. Get the full story of your business with powerful data-driven insights from Service Titan. Schedule a software demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. has been Power Women of the Trades. Like what you hear so far? Leave us a review at Apple and make sure to listen to our other episodes wherever you enjoy listening to your podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.